God. We love you, Brother Larson. Come take your liberty tonight. Amen. Can we just go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise and just go ahead and just go ahead and worship the Lord and give Him praise. He is worthy of it. I'm so thankful for the goodness of the Lord. How about you? So glad to be a part of God's kingdom. So glad to be a part of God's body. So glad to be a part of what God's doing here at the Truth Church and what He's doing in Pastor Hilton's uh, church and the work in, uh, Ray, how did I say it again? Lacine, amen. I always want to say another, I get some of my cities mixed up, but Lacine, and I'm just so glad to see what the Lord is doing and uh, just abroad and seeing what God is doing in people's life. It's just, I, I don't take it lightly. I don't, uh, it, I, I count it such a privilege just to be a child of God, just to be a saint of God. I, one of my pet first pastors told me, he says, the greatest calling is to be a, a saint of God. It's the highest calling that you could ever have. Just to be able to be know that we are chosen by God and that we are a part of something so much greater than what we are. And uh, to be a part of the kingdom of God. And especially in this time and age that we're living in right now, what an opportunity to let our light shine, to let somebody know. Do you know who Jesus is? Uh, a lot of people know his name, but do they really know or can they really experience the Jesus that you've experienced, the Jesus that filled you with his spirit? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful to be in the house of God. I want to give honor to my pastor and really... Uh, I'm th thankful for a lot of uh, men of God that have poured into me, and I don't take it lightly uh, that Pastor Reagan has poured into me ever since I've been here. I'm so thankful for his love, for the ministry, and, and for young men that, that want to do something for the kingdom. So I give you honor today, uh, Pastor and Bishop, and I'm so thankful to be a part of the body of Christ here at the Truth Church because the truth is being preached. And um, I felt a couple different directions, but I remembered your instructions, and that was to preach to the lost. And if you've had, had the Holy Ghost, I believe pretty much everybody in here has. Everybody's been seeking after God. And, but you know what? If you need the Holy Ghost today, if you're listening online, if you really desire the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you can have it. Because God is calling people. The chosen are really the ones that have answered the call of God in their life. And that's why we've come across town today. Not to just look pretty, but to look good for Jesus and to come together and encourage one another. Amen. It's such a privilege to be able to preach to the saints. But I'm reaching for a lost people today. And I, you never know where somebody might be and where they're at in the pew. They, they may feel forsaken. They may feel like there's no hope because of situations and the cares of life and all of the different things. I, so I, I wanted to tell my testimony, but I'm going to save that for another time. Because I was thinking about, really, my testimony is great. You all got a testimony. And it's, it's our testimony. That, that really is your gospel in this city. Peter had his gospel, all the apostles had their gospel, but you have a gospel according to you and what you've experienced. And you can tell people what he has done in your life. Amen. I'm just planting a seed to encourage you to reach out to the people in the city of Olathan. I've been challenged to get that card in my wallet and take five of them a week, and I'm a little behind on that, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just telling on myself, but... <laughs> Get those cards, they're in the back there, and tell somebody about what the Lord's done in your life. And expect people to come to you because they're going to see something in you. They're going to see a light, and that light of Jesus that's in you will draw them. Amen. I'm humbled to preach from this pulpit. There's just so many great men of God. I don't even feel adequate to be able to bring the Word of God to you. There's The men here are more so capable of bringing the Word of God to you today, but I'm humbled today. But shouldn't we all, because of what he did for us? I want to talk to you tonight. He's still a covenant and promise keeper. As I was saying, I've wanted to tell my testimony, but 
really to understand that he is a God of covenant and he is a, a God of promise. It makes sense that we as a people need to understand that he is a covenant God. He is a promise keeper. If you would turn with me to Psalm 18 and 50, just one verse, there's just a couple verses of scripture here, Psalm 18 and 50, and Genesis 3:14. We're going to look at those scriptures. Amen. Psalms 18 and 50 says, Great deliverance, great deliverance giveth he to his king and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. Everybody say evermore. In Genesis 3, 14, the scripture says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go in dust, shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is the first promise that God made that he was going to redeem mankind through the seed of a woman. And by the way, thank you for every one of you godly women in this church, every mother that has given birth to children in this church. We really do lean on, on you as, as men, as, as godly women. I'm, I'm thankful for godly women that has made up their mind that they're going to serve the Lord and that they're going to live in an example, not just uh, for the church, but for their church children. I am thank God for my wife. I give her honor, and I give honor to the First Lady. Thank God for Sister Reagan, such a godly and just a great example. Uh, to, to all of us, and I'm thankful. They always say if you're looking for the standard, look at, towards the pastor's wife. And uh, I'm just thankful for her and all of you women here today. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. The covenant and promise keeper is what the Lord is. There's various promises and covenants in the scripture, such as the promise that God made to Noah that he would never flood the earth again and place the rainbow in the sky as a sign of that promise. In the New Testament, God gave us the new covenant, which is a fulfillment of all the other promises and covenants that God had already made with men from the beginning. This new covenant came by the way of the Lord Jesus Christ because of his death, burial, and resurrection may ask the question, well, what is a covenant anyway? A covenant is a contract that can be between two or more individuals. However, a covenant goes so much deeper than just a mere contract because there is a mutual love between the two parties, such as a husband and a wife or someone you love very much. A contract does not require love. A contract does not require feelings or emotions. It can be cutthroat and business as usual. But nevertheless, a covenant covers every aspect to the core between those that are a part of it. In a covenant, there will be blood, sweat, and tears where the soul is wrapped up into a promise of a lifetime commitment that's generated by everything that's inside of a person. Selfless love is the main component of a true covenant relationship. It's not about what you can get, but what you can give. And that is all that God has done. But, it, but all he would do is give, give, give. From the beginning of time, he gave of himself and he made man in his own image. He, he came and he was a deliverer. He did so many different things throughout the Old Testament. And coming into the New Testament, he's a covenant-keeping God. When God has spoken his word, it is true. You can take it to heaven all the way. You can make it to heaven. If he said it in his word and we understand that we're a covenant people because of what his word says we can be saved and not just scarcely making it and just barely crossing the finish line but I believe that if you're convinced and you know who you are in God you can go across the finish line into heaven knowing that you're saved I, I've heard many men of God say it's not going to be a mistake that you make it into heaven 
It's not going to be a mistake because of the fact that we understand that there's only one way for us to do that. I know and understand that we're not perfect, but there is a perfect one that has changed our life. And I'm telling you today, he is a covenant-keeping God. I've never, I've never been forsaken. I, I, my, I haven't seen, just like David said, I haven't seen my kids begging for bread. He's been a good God. He's been a great God. He has been mighty because he's a covenant-keeping God. He is a covenant keeper. We sing about it all the time. He's a promise keeper. He, he's a way in the darkness. He makes a light so that you can see. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful that God stands true to his word. And there's not anything that can stop us when we have our mind made up in what God is wanting to do in the life of an individual that has sold themselves out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's a covenant and promise keeper. God also made covenants with Abraham, Moses, and David, which we're going to examine a few scriptures of the promises that God made to these men. Promises to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 1, the scripture says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all famines of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. If you notice in the scripture in the very first one, God tells him in verse 1, he says, get thee out of thy country. When God calls you, when God chooses you, he expects you to leave the mundane. He expects you to leave the place that you're comfortable with. He expects you to go where he wants you to go. And that's why we need the grace of God. We got to pray for the grace of God in our lives so that we can be where he wants us to be, to be men and women that can walk in the spirit, that can speak when God says to speak, to hush when God says to hush to the right or to the left I don't know about you today but because he's a covenant God we can stand on the word of God and we can believe and understand and know that he's not going to forsake you and he's not going to make you look dumb he's not going to if he begins to speak it if God has already promised you a promise and he has already spoken to you or you've dreamed a dream and you know that it was God because he confirmed it through the pastor and through the word of God and through however it is that he began to speak it you hear what I'm saying today he's a covenant God he's not going to break his promises if he spoke and if it's truly of God it's going to happen it's going to come to pass amen Abraham at 75 years old at this point took Sarai his wife and depart out of Harlan and also took his nephew Lot and went forth to the land of Canaan there. Genesis chapter 12 and 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built it he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. When you look at the next chapter, there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. So Abram gave his nephew Lot first dibs on the choice of land. And they separate in parted ways. What I want to direct in your attention to, I'm, I'm still talking about covenant keeper. I'm still talking about the promise keeper. But Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14 says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. God specifically spoke to Abram. He said, I don't want you bringing your kindred. I don't want you bringing uh, everybody else. Just you and your substance and the people that, that are a part of you, you go. And at that point, we understand and know that it was just him and Sarai and his wife and whatever servants they had, whatever cattle they had. But God specifically spoke to him. You leave your kindred. You leave everything behind. That includes Lot, your nephew. What I think is very interesting 
If you look up the, uh, the Hebrew, and Pastor, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here, but there's, there's something about when you look into the deeper meaning of the Scriptures. But if you look at Lot's name, the Hebrew meaning, it means a covering or a veil. It means a covering or a veil. You know, and it, it, what, I'm, what I'm trying to bring to your attention here, look at Genesis 13 and 14 again. Look at this scripture. And the Lord said unto Abram after that Lot was separated from him. What does it say? That Lot was separated from him. The Lord said unto Abram. The Lord did not speak until Lot parted his way. The Lord didn't speak until there was a separation. And Lot was a hindrance and was a veil to Abraham because Abraham was not listening. Abram was not listening completely. He didn't hear the voice of God. And because of it, he couldn't see clearly. Because of it, Lot was a vexation to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? This is the year of death, and I, I've been experiencing death. I, I believe the saints of God have been experiencing death like never before here at the Truth Church, and I thank God for it. But I'm going to tell you right now, just like Lot and just like other people, they can be a hindrance. There's situations, there's circumstances, there's things that can get in the way and they can hinder your vision and what God is trying to show you. I thank God for the watchman on the wall. I thank God for the pastor that's sitting on the wall looking out for our souls. We need that. And I thank God that he's crying out and, and sounding the alarm. Hallelujah. We need men of God like we've never needed men of God to sound the alarm and not preach what feels good, not preach what they think, not preach what anything else but what thus saith the Lord. If God is wanting to say it, he needs to say it through the preachers. He's got to say it through his people. He's got to say it through the saints of God and we can't have blinders we got to be able to see and have clarity of what the vision of the Lord is sometimes it can be a person it could be a circumstance it could be a relationship all of these things the enemy will use to distract you the enemy of your soul does not want you to see clearly but whatever it is it's not worth losing out on all of God's promises it was after separation from Lot that Abram could clearly see We've got to separate from the things of this world just as Abraham was dead uh, to those things as far as what uh, the lies that could have came in. He, he, he had dead vision. He couldn't see the way that God was wanting him to see. God wants to open up our minds uh, to the point where we can see what he's trying to show us. I thank God for the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just trying to lay some groundwork here today. I want to see what God wants us to see, what He wants me to see personally, what He wants to see. That's a prayer that I pray for our pastor. That's a prayer that I pray for our church. God, open up the eyes of your people, just like you did for Elisha when his servant was intimidated and saw all of the host of the armies of Assyria, and, and he was just totally afraid. His knees were buckling, but the prophet began to pray, and he said, open up his eyes so that he can see, and he looked around, and there was a heavenly host that encamped all around that army and before you know it God smote them by the voice of the prophet with blindness hallelujah I'm telling you God wants us to see more he, this is the year of death he wants us to go deeper and I believe that's the will of God at all times to go deeper so that we can be effective for the kingdom of God do you think God wanted Abraham to understand his promises and covenant do you think God wants you to know what His promises are for you? God affirmed and confirmed His covenant with Abraham time after time after time. Genesis 15 and 5, And He brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And He said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Romans 4 and 20, Paul is just mirroring and speaking what was already spoken in Genesis. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong 
in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore it was imputed to him, hallelujah, for righteousness. Do you think God wanted Abraham to know his promise? I've kind of wondered, I I think sometimes I'll just meditate and I'll ask silly questions to try to understand some things. And I wonder where that ah or that aha moment was in Abraham's life. Because he had been promised from 75 years all the way up to 99 years old. I'll be covering that here in a minute, but you would think, oh, it would just happen like that and Abraham would have had his son, but life happened. (laughs) From 75 to 99 years old. And you know, but the Bible says that he was, he was one of the heroes of faith. He was mentioned uh, so many times throughout the scriptures. And it says, therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. I, I believe that that aha moment, because you were talking about Mother's Day today, and it just kind of clicked when he heard that baby cry for the very first time. When he heard Isaac crying. You, every time I hear a baby cry, I, I, think, about, I think about that and how, how precious life is. But how, how much more precious when God has promised something that he said that he would deliver and God said it was something that he was going to do, but you waited and you waited and you waited and you waited. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to keep on waiting again. Whatever that promise is, there's some things in, the, in my life that still haven't come into fruition. There's some things in my life I've still been waiting on the Lord to do. I know if I, I'm not the only one here today that's been waiting on promises. Uh, but if I promise you today, according to the Word of God, if you stand on the promises of God today and don't waver and keep your faith lifted up high, not just because of emotion, but because the Word of God speaks to us, us and tells us these things uh, we've got to believe what the word of God says so it can be imputed unto us imputed unto the true church for righteousness because it is all about his righteousness it is all about his kingdom hallelujah seeking the kingdom of God in all of his righteousness the scripture says and all these things shall be added unto you if God can take care of a lily in the field if God can take care of a a stinking bird how much more can he care for you hallelujah you are precious in his sight all the scriptures I read here in Genesis were, Genesis were before God changed Abram's name to Abraham. God didn't just instantaneously feel, fulfill the promise as I mentioned before. But Abraham wasn't even circumcised until 99 years old. And you know what that tells me? It don't matter how old you are. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, if Abraham can get circumcised at age 99, I don't care how old somebody is, they can get baptized in Jesus' name. Just a plug in to salvation. Hallelujah. Because we're going to be talking about that here in a minute. I'm just laying some groundwork. So please bear with me. Genesis 17 and 4 is for me. Behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. And this again, this is after him being 75 years old, almost 100 years old, God finally begins to do something that Abraham had been seeking after. And there was a name change. Isn't that funny? Got to teach here for the moment too. You know, circumcision in the New Testament is a type of baptism. Amen? Jesus, it was a matter of the heart in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it was a covenant that they made. It was a blood covenant. It was something that they did. It was a covenant with God. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. But that tells me it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. When the Spirit of God begins to move on somebody, hallelujah, it is possible for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is possible for them to come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Don't, don't, don't believe the lies of what they might tell you. Brother Nelson can tell you about it through Bible studies. He was telling about a story a while back ago. And he even watched the guy that was supposed to come and baptize him, right? Am I telling it right? Watching him from the coffee house or whatever, sipping on some coffee, watching the guy knock on his door. Is he here today? Hallelujah. 
God drew him through a home Bible study. Hey, man, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I'm so thankful that he is a covenant keeper. Even when there's people that will say to your face uh, that they don't believe or they just want to be left alone, they, I'm going to tell you something. They really don't want to be left alone. They want you to come to them. They want you to talk to them. Some of them are just so shy and they hide behind all of their tattoos and their body piercings and their cursed words and everything else. And what they're really doing is they're desperately crying out I need Jesus I need Jesus I need Jesus they want Jesus and they want to be changed we do have something that we can give them and we're not going to listen to the blinders uh, in the in the vexations of lot and the lies of vexations and coverings and, and veils uh, that they appear to put on them amen I'm telling you God did it for me I would have never thought 25 plus years ago that I'd be standing here ministering and preaching the word of the Lord today. I'm telling you, there's hope today in Jesus. Genesis 17, 17, 5. Neither shall the, thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God Genesis chapter 1 Isaac was born which was that promised seed that God had promised Abraham. It took a little while, but it came into fruition. It came to pass because God is a covenant keeper. I said because God is a covenant keeper. Who understands that God is a covenant keeper today? I just want to talk to you a little bit about Moses and the children of Israel and his covenant with Moses. God used Moses in so many extraordinary ways. I don't really have the time. To try to, to break everything about Moses. This is really kind of a, a high profile. We're just kind of cruising over the Old Testament. And we're looking at a, a few places where God encountered, or men encountered the presence of God. And where God made covenants with men. Amen. Hallelujah. The first call of Moses was to be a deliverer of God's people. Moses was on the backside of the desert and the Lord began to speak to him out of a fiery bush. God called Moses by name and told him to take off your shoes because he was standing on holy ground. That's when God speaks when we come into his holy presence. There's many attributes of God. But as our good pastor teaches, the highest, uh, uh, the highest attribute of God is that he is a holy God. He is a holy God. And the only way that we can come into His presence is because we've been baptized in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. None of us are perfect enough to be able to come into His presence. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful for a blood covering that I can come boldly into the throne of His mercy and grace. Are you happy that you can come into His presence because there was a blood covenant? A covenant keeper. God revealed himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then God got, got, straight, uh, got straight to the point and says in Exodus 3 and 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land. And a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the places of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and all the other ites. Verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. I want you to know God sees when his people are afflicted. God sees and understands when you may be going through some pain. God sees when you're on the back end of the desert and you might feel like you're lonely and you don't think that there's no hope. And Moses is standing back there in the back trying to herd some sheep and trying to move around. And I'm sure discouraged because he came out of Egypt thinking that he could have delivered them and must have 
they had a burden, but it was at God's appointed time that he came and he began to speak to Moses and he began to tell Moses, hey, I, I haven't heard, I have heard what you've been crying out to me. I understand, Moses, that there's a burden. I know why you killed that man. You couldn't stand it. You couldn't stand to see how, how the Egyptians were afflicting the people. And I just didn't hear what you were thinking, but I've heard the cries of the people. I heard the cries. I heard the afflictions of the people. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. For God is a covenant keeper. God is a, the one that is never going to break a promise. Amen. I'm so thankful that his word is true. Of course, most of us know the rest of the story and how God used Moses to deliver God's people from the land of bondage. Initially, Moses was a deliverer and would continue to be that, but also would become the lawgiver of God's word, which would bring order and establish God's people. When you read the book of Numbers, it's uh, uh, the, the, basically when they were in the wilderness. And it was during that time. It wasn't just a, a lot of people say, oh, they could have been there in two or three weeks journey. But God was preparing his people. And he was getting them ready and making a government of his people because they were going to go into a land and they were going to take back uh, what was already theirs. They were going to go to Canaan. But God was preparing them and getting the law set up and getting them ready so that they could go and do what God Joshua did with them and they went and conquered the land as pastor was talking about today it was a high point for Israel because they were just bad to the bone and they were knocking out city after city and, and overtaking it back for the Lord and the Lord was getting glory out of the situation because he was preparing them in that desert in that wilderness. He was getting them ready. He was getting their hearts ready and raising up a new generations to go in and conquer that land which God had already promised to Abraham. Hallelujah. We have an awesome God, don't we? Some divine promises of the Mosaic Covenant which reconfirmed the covenant which God made with Abraham. Exodus 19 and 3, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou speak unto the children of Israel. This was the instructions for Moses to tell the children of Israel. In three promises in the, in the covenant, in the Mosaic covenant, we can see right from the text, Israel would be God's special possession. Secondly, Israel would be a kingdom of priests to God. And thirdly, that the Israel would be a holy nation. A few other promises that were uh, that God uh, would do and what He would uh, do for His people, and that was to fight for His people. Exodus twenty three and twenty three and twenty two. Scripture says, "But thou shalt indeed obey His voice." And, you know, I, I, I just got to stop there just for a minute because you know, a lot of times we expect the Lord to fight every one of our battles, but you know, a lot of the promises of God are conditional. And God expects us to end our, end our, our end of the bargain. And in real estate, they talk about skin in the game. Skin in the game is basically you got to invest a little bit. If you're wanting to invest in a property or whatever it is that you're doing, you better have some skin in the game. The skin in the game for us is to flesh out and be obedient to what God's Word tells us to do. To be a holy people. He's called us out to be holy. He's called us out. He's, we're a chosen people. And if that's the fact, we've got, to, uh, we've got to be obedient to the word of God. And God will fight your battles. God will fight your battles when, when we're obedient to the word of God. Sometimes we might think that it's just, oh, he just you know, fought this battle for us. It's really just because he had mercy. I can tell you that in my life because there's a lot of times I just messed up and I fell flat on my face. But because of the mercy of God, he stepped in because he loves me. <laughs> so if thou shalt indeed obey his voice 
So there is some conditions. And do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites. Here we are, all the ites again in the land of Canaan. Exodus 23 and 24. Thou shalt not bow to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. We serve a holy God. He's calling us out to be a separate people. And I thank God that pastor's been preaching on that. It's been so rich. And, and I, there's a reason why you can't get uh, the, past the lesson because it's so rich and there's so much there. And I have, I have benefited from it. And uh, if you haven't listened to any of those, you've got to listen uh, on the Tuesday nights. It's just been phenomenal because of the fact that we love God. We already love God. We know that. We wouldn't be here. But if we truly love Him, we want to obey the commandments of the Lord so that we can be pleasing to Him because He's a good Father. Amen? Hallelujah. Other crucial and very important promise to Moses and the children of Israel is out of Exodus 34 and 6. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will be by no means clear the guilty. Talks about visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children and under the third and the fourth generation. Surely that's going to happen when there's idolatry. That's going to happen when fathers aren't living for the Lord, when mother, godly mothers aren't raising their children. But there's something that happens when we, we hold on to the word of God and begin to tell our children. I'm telling you, the public schools, they're not going to give it uh, to our kids. Uh, I'm constantly talking to my kids and telling them, uh, you know, hey, we got to stand on the word of God. There's still one God today. Hero Israel, Lord our God is one. No matter what anybody else has to say, I'm telling you, there's only one God and His name is Jesus. I don't care what they're doing in the bathrooms and the school and what they're putting out and what they're trying to propagate. I'm telling you right now, God is not pleased with some of those things and you don't have to live that type of life. You don't have to choose that. In fact, it's not even an alternative for you because you're being raised in a godly home and Jesus loves you and Jesus is going to be with you you and I'm telling that to all the kids in this church and every other apostolic home across this nation and throughout this world we still serve a holy God we still serve a God that expects us to be separated unto the world and not be a part of this world this world has never done anything for me I don't care what this world has to say but I do care what God has to say I do care what my pastor has to say I do care what true men of God have to say when they're preaching from the book and preaching the truth that's going to save my soul. Oh, can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Amen. I'm almost done. Musicians want to come. There's hope. Hallelujah. The children of Israel had to live by obedience to God's word, which was their way of loving God. Really hasn't changed over the years. We, we live by obedience. We, we live by faith. We live by principles that we read from the word of God. But Paul explains something in 1 Timothy 2.15 that I think is very intriguing because, you know, a lot of people think, well, well how, do, how people, how were they saved in the Old Testament? And Paul kind of, I believe, gives the answer. He said, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. So we go all the way back to that promised seed that was going to come through a woman. And it says that she, as far as Adam and Eve, that they would be saved in childbearing because of, of the childbearing of, of Eve giving life. To all of humanity. And he said if they continue in faith. And charity. And holiness. With sobriety. Isn't that really what we teach? Isn't that what we preach? We preach that we're saved by faith. We preach that we need to love God. And follow his commandments. We believe in, in living a holy 
uh, lifestyle before the Lord. We believe in sobriety. We believe in a soundness of mind that, that, that uh, it's about uh, understanding and knowing where we stand. Amen. So just a few scriptures pertaining to the covenant that God made with David, the third man that I wanted to talk about. And then David had spoke through the prophet Nathan in 2 Samuel 7 and 12. It says, And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of the bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But listen what the Lord said. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. If you look at all these scriptures, if you look at all the scriptures that I've been reading, and we look at, at just through the entirety of scriptures, you see the promise of God over and over, over, over and over, promising that it's going to be forever, 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 forever. I, I, I don't think they really had a grasp or uh, had a clue of what God was really trying to say to those Old Testament saints. They just... You know, all these things that they were speaking, or that he was speaking to them, I, I just, I don't think they could fathom or try to comprehend what God was really trying to speak to them. And I, I, I believe there's some people, uh, even today, that, that really, they don't have a clue because, quite frankly, there's many that are preaching and they don't even have the Holy Ghost. Teaching doctrine and, and all these different things don't even have the Holy Ghost. Don't even have the revelation of the name of Jesus. They're lost. They need the word of God. And, and I believe that they can be changed if they would stop being prideful and trying to hold on to everybody in their church and just get up and preach what the word the word of God is, the, the unadulterated word of God. Amen? I said all that today, uh, today and what I'm saying today is that it's, it's, it's been established already in the mind of God. And this is the part that just blows my mind. It was already in the mind of God before man was ever created. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. But there were several months ago, a pastor was talking about the creation of man. And you would think that after he created angels and created all the different things, that it would have been sufficient. And I believe that it would have been sufficient. But there was something more that God wanted, that God desired. And He desired to have a relationship with something that, would, that needed to be redeemed, that needed His help. Not some angel that, that He created, but something that He formed out of the dust of the ground. Something that He created in His image. And from that point on, when Adam and Eve was created in that garden, he, he wasn't going to leave them hopeless. He wasn't going to leave humanity hopeless without having some kind of plan. He's just not a God like that. He is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. And in the mind of God, all I can say, I can't even comprehend it, but He created us because He desired more for something that, that He wanted for Himself. And I'm just so thankful that he has made a covenant all the way from the beginning throughout time and all the way up to this point. Peter preaches about this throne that is established by saying in Acts chapter 2 and verse 29, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that if the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. 
This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that God fulfilled his promise. God fulfilled his promise and it was already in the mind of God that it was fulfilled. I'm telling you even before we could even fathom or even before we were formed in our mother's womb because God even in the foreknowledge and in his knowledge and in his infinite wisdom before we were even created God already saw you. God already knew who you were. God already knew that he was going to choose you. You talk about a privilege. You talk about a calling to be called and chosen by the God of all gods, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords and to be a part of this it just blows my mind to know that there is a God that would want to fill us with his spirit, to fill us with his power, to not leave us hopeless but to give us hope where there is a hope and there is a calling, oh can we just begin to stand and can we just lift up our voice and magnify the king of kings if we can begin to worship him and praise him for the baptism of the Holy Ghost we were shouting earlier we were dancing earlier I feel that same spirit in the house right now hallelujah we don't have to miss a beat hallelujah go ahead and shout unto God and thank God that he came through a man hallelujah so that man could be redeemed through the seed of a woman I thank God for the promises of his spirit and what he has said and what he has done and what he has completed because of a blood covenant hallelujah that has washed away the sins a blood that has never lost its power a blood that still gives deliverance a blood that still makes it accessible to receive the Holy Ghost again today and Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. Can we give God a shout of praise? Come on. Hallelujah. I told you I'm, I'm reaching for the lost. I don't know your situation, but I'm reaching for somebody. That's tired of the mundane. I'm reaching for somebody that really wants the power of God to flow through their veins because of the blood. You have that power because of His promises. Because He is a covenant keeping God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship the Lord. If you want to come down, whatever need you have today, God can meet that need. If you need the Holy Ghost, who knows? Somebody might just drive in from the street. What happened to some of those stories that I hear the elders saying, seeing blazes and fires on the rooftop? People coming in, not even know why they walked in. I believe those days are coming, Pastor Riggin. I believe we're going to see it. I probably, you've probably already seen it, but I believe we can see that, Pastor Hilton. People walking in to the house of God. No tarrying, no waiting, just coming down to the altar, lifting up their hands and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've been praying for that around here. It's not just my prayers. I, I've been hearing that from the saints of God. Oh, save the people in Olathe. Save the people in all the uh, neighboring places. God showed David that God was going to establish his seed forever, which would be an everlasting kingdom that would, have forever, that would happen forever and ever and ever. I'm, I'm just about done. Whatever your need is, just go ahead and reach out to God and cry out to him because he is a covenant keeper. You might not understand why we get emotional and why we dance and why we shout and why we do all these crazy things. Doing flips and cartwheels and somersaults. Shaking and convulsing under the power of the Holy Ghost. Why we do these things.
Hallelujah, because we've been changed. I've been changed. I'm not the same man I used to be 25 plus years ago. And if God could turn it around for me, He can turn it around for you. We're talking about an everlasting kingdom. The covenant that God made with Abraham, Moses, and David, those promises are true today. The land, Abraham's seed, all the blessings, the mighty delivering through the hand of Moses, the written law that God brought, peculiar treasures, kingdoms of priests, a holy people. He'll be an enemy unto enemies and an adversary unto adversaries, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. I promise you I'm almost done. Whatever your need is today, you need the Holy Ghost you need deliverance you just need a fresh touch of God the Holy Ghost there's a power of, of the Spirit of God that's still in this place everything that uh, was led in our song services earlier bears witness to what I'm preaching to you about today Joel told us in 2 and 25 I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I send among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. This was a promise to the Jews. He filled the Jews with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were the first ones. It was to the Jew and then the Greek and then everybody else. But it was the Jews first. Because what the Jews were seeking was a physical kingdom. They were looking for something that tangibly that they were... They just could, that's why they couldn't receive Jesus because of the fact that they thought Jesus was going to come for some earthly kingdom. But what they didn't understand, it was a heavenly spiritual kingdom. That was going to last forever and ever and ever. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord today. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men, young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. This would all come through the seed of David because of the covenant that God made, not just with David, but all the prophets of old and even some of the kings throughout the Old Testament. God's word forever would be settled by the outpouring of His Spirit. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost today, can we just begin to pray? Can we just begin to pray? And first of all, let's just thank God. Can we just thank God? for choosing me can you just say to God right now thank you God not just because the preacher's asking you but from the sincerity of your heart thank you God thank you for choosing me thank you for choosing me He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. forever. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord as we sing. Hallelujah. And as we sing this song, can we just begin to sing from the sincerity of our heart? It does make a difference. I feel it when I begin to sing from the depths of my soul. When I sing that He's a way maker. When I, I sing that He's a light in the darkness. The darkness cannot comprehend the light. That is who you are. 